Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Shauna Moran. Shauna is the founder of OperateRemote.com, and we're going to delve into exactly what the business is in just a moment. But Shauna, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. And can you tell us, um, people in the world, whereabouts are you based? Yeah, I'm based in the beautiful Galway, the west of Ireland. Ah, lovely. Lovely part of the world. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely fabulous. Once the, the sun is out. <laughs> oh, and that happens nearly every day, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's out today, so hopefully it stays for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. So, Shauna, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about your background and, and about the business itself? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So, I have a background in psychology. I studied psychology for a number of years and started working in business, business development and recruitment. I've always worked in in the tech sector and I've always been based here in the West of Ireland. And just over six years ago, I stumbled into the world of e-commerce and remote working as part of that. So I headed up uh, partnerships, agency partnerships for Shopify throughout EMEA, um, so Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And I did that from my home office in the West of Ireland. So... I started on on a remote journey, which was absolutely fantastic to work for, you know, an amazing multinational company, you know, no more commutes, plenty of career opportunities. So it opened a lot of doors for me and it opened my eyes to the opportunities that remote working provides. However, alongside of that, I also worked with a team of international partner managers. We were based across, I think, nine different time zones all across the world from New Zealand to Mexico to the Netherlands to Ireland. And we also had an office with that company as well. So it's what I call a hybrid environment. Um, It was super diverse. It was really fun, really exciting, but there are always complexities as well, as you can imagine. So when it came to how we communicate, how we collaborate, what kind of leadership styles, you know, best suit uh, management of remote teams, how do we translate that company culture across international markets? These were all questions that I had as a, a remote worker and a remote manager. And from that, that led me back to university. I needed to find answer, answers to these questions. So I studied innovation management and I based all of my research around distributed teams and remote teams. Wow. And I became ultimately obsessed with what made remote teams successful. And from that, not only was it you know, empowering and helping my team and adjusting the process within Shopify, but I also found that there was a bigger need for that because more and more companies were transitioning and needed to go into the remote space. So from that, my business Operate Remote was created. And from working with a couple of companies around their strategies, their processes, their operations and best practices, I also found that there was something a little bit deeper there that needed work. And that for me came back to the opportunity for coaching. So I nearly came back to my psychology again and found that while those strategies are really important, what also needs to happen is 
we need to be able to identify blind spots within the business and leverage the emotional intelligence within a company and within the culture in order to truly thrive in remote working as companies start to scale. Mm. So that's what I do now. I say I kind of have a double-edged sword in that I know what works and the proven strategies, but I also know how to empower people to make those strategies authentic for the long term for their business. And, you know, I say I've lived it. I've, you know, experienced the problems. I've researched it and I've solved it. And it's quite niche what I do, combining those two elements. But from the clients that I work with, it's really, really effective. Brilliant. That's a great story. And can I take you back a step with your studies into what the factors were that make a remote work team successful? What were some of the things you discovered? Yeah, I think, you know, it really is about adapting. And I think a lot of companies that go remote, they see the problem, right? So the problem usually is with the companies I work with, I work with tech and SaaS companies. And the biggest issue is access to talent. And remote working can solve that because you have global access to that pool of talent, right? So that's one of the main reasons. And a lot of companies don't adjust what they're doing or adapt that to remote specific environments and they have to. So for example, their company culture, it is about redefining your company culture so that you bridge that gap. So if you have an office full of employees and a couple of people remote working, that there isn't that, that huge gap between both parties, you know, that everybody feels included, that you have remote first processes involved. And it's not to say that you have to change everything, but it is about really taking a step back and looking at it from a bird's eye view as to how can you retain remote employees? How can you make sure that they are motivated, that they are well, that they are brought into the company vision? What's the journey, the employee journey of a remote worker within your company? So these are all questions that companies need to be asking themselves. They also need to be really developing the leaders within their companies to effectively manage remote employees. Like one of the biggest questions I get asked for companies that aren't remote and are considering it or asking questions about it is, you know, how do I trust employees when they're not in the office every day? <laughs> and, you know, and it's how it does, it is quite a, a comical question, but at the same time, these are serious questions. And that is a blind spot within your leadership skills, right? If yeah. what makes a more trusting relationship in the fact that somebody's in front of you? But at the same time, my response to that is just because, you know, you have a remote team doesn't mean that, you know, there's complete flexibility and autonomy. You still have to have the structures in place that are going to manage performance, manage communication. So you do have a pulse of what's going on. And those expectations need to be clearly defined from the start. What do you expect of your remote employees and what do they expect of you as a company or as a a leader? And what are the boundaries within that? I think that's, you know, really, really vital to a place to start off. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you a bit more about your business and the clients you work with. But I think for people listening to this, this is really important because, yes, I I tend to talk about marketing and business development of HR-related businesses. But this is crucially as important for businesses that are looking to go remote or use virtual workers because that's just on the rise, isn't it? It's growing Mm -hmm. every month. There are more and more businesses using workers overseas or in different locations and that includes the HR industry. So if you're listening and you're thinking you want to expand your business to take on clients in other places, a remote work operation uh, matters so so much. So how uh, do you actually help your clients? What kind of consulting and work do you do with them? Yeah, I mean, everything is, is bespoke 
to companies that I work with. I say with remote working, there is no one size fits all. So it's not a case if you're a company thinking about going remote that you read, you know, one of the successor remote companies policies and you do the exact same. That's not going to work. It has to be authentic to your company, to your people, and they have to be involved in creating that experience as well. But for me, I do a lot of one-on-one work advisory with, you know, directly with CEOs, C-suite level executives. And then I do a lot of group coaching as well. So taking teams in a group coaching format where we look at different areas of their remote working structure and environment. And it's all, for me, it's all about empowering my clients for the long term because this is a, it is a growing trend and remote working, you know, it's set to, to take over. Um, all the stats are online that, you know, it's set to take over the physical workplace by next year. It's every year it's just growing and in demand. And the thing is, so many people want to work remotely now. You know, employees want flexibility. They want better work-life balance. Gone are the days where they want to be commuting for two to three hours a day and stuck in traffic. And they're aware that this is a possibility. So they're looking for companies to provide that flexibility. And, you know, I say to, to companies that if you do want to future-proof your business and your workforce, it is something that you should consider. It's not going to be for every company. It's not going to be for every person. And it's not going to look the same for every business. So for example, some businesses do more flexible working, you know, where they allow people to work from home two to three days a week. Mm. You know, some businesses are fully distributed where they've never had a, a full office. And some companies are more of a hybrid model where they have the office and then they have some remote workers as well. So, you know, it is unique to every business. And that's why, you know, everything that I do is bespoke around that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So what about operateremote.com? How did you get your first clients? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, a, you know, it's been quite a journey for me setting up the business. I think it's been years in the making, but I didn't realize it would turn into what it has. You know, <laughs> all the studying, all the research, all the problems, all the challenges, all of the epiphany moments have, have <laughs> kind of come together, you know, and it's, it's great, you know, it's great. But for me, I was very lucky in, in the case that I, I, had a, I have a great network of people. And throughout my career, you know, I, I primarily worked with tech companies in partnerships. So I had those great relationships. And I always say that, you know, when you treat somebody well and you put somebody, you know, give your everything to somebody and really help them, that will always come back tenfold. And luckily for me, it did. So my first couple of clients came to me from referrals and people that I know and people just saying, oh my gosh, this is what you're doing now. We know that we can trust you. We ha- already have a relationship with you and we're thinking about going remote. So let's work together. Excellent. So I've been very lucky in that sense that I do have, have that great network. And I think for any other consultants that are maybe starting that journey, I think looking at your network is so important and thinking about your network, thinking about all of those conversations you've had over the years, all of those people that you've helped and that you've worked with and that trust you and your brand outside of what you're doing now, you know, because you'll be surprised at how you can really leverage that network. Yeah. And how do you approach that? So you you think back through your network and do you just suddenly send them all a message saying, I've started a business, send me customers? How do you do that? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, maybe not that direct, but definitely to say, (laughs) definitely to say, look, you know, this is what I'm doing now. Maybe we've had that conversation before you know, I would love kind of your feedback, you know, whatever it is. 
but just starting that conversation, I think is important. For me, LinkedIn is incredibly powerful. The majority of my business comes from there. And I think having consistency in your own marketing and, you know, putting that out there, having those conversations. And that's the thing, right? It's having those conversations. You're not telling people what to do, but it's, you know, engaging with people. I think that's the important part. And yeah. when we're online, you know, even when it comes to, it's similar to remote working, when we're online, it's, it's really just, it's how we engage and how we build relationships online with people. And I think if you, if you try and explore ways that you can do that as a consultant, that's a very powerful tactic to do that. So ask for people's experiences, ask for their stories, ask, well, you know, what are your questions? What's going on in your, for example, remote team right now? You know, how's the engagement of your team? Asking those questions can be really, really good. Brilliant. Yeah, I agree with that completely. It's all about the relationships, particularly on the referral side. Um, Absolutely. So do you see um, other companies or consultants in the HR industry, I don't know, positioning and marketing themselves well? And what is it that you think that they do well? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many great consultants out there. I think, you know, I was thinking about what are the commonalities between all of these consultants that do well. And I think it comes down to two things for me. It's the first thing is providing a really simple and clear, understandable message. Yeah. So like, what is it that you do? What are the problems that you solve? And how do you do that? And if you can summarize that, I think, and make that clear and understandable, that's really important. I think it's very important for me, especially in this new yeah. evolution of remote work, it's, sure. it's to be able to democratize that and say, look, it is possible. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's to take that that away from the client and, and build that trust. And the other thing that I absolutely love and I'm trying to always do myself is to create that authenticity behind who I am and what I do. And I think doing that through stories is so important. So my own story of how I've been there, I've been in my client's shoes, I can empathize with them, how I got through it. And also the stories of, of my clients as well. You know, what are the things that, that they're experiencing? What are their stories? So I'm looking to, you know, next year to really delve a lot more into that because it's the stories and it's the humans behind the stories, I feel, that really make consultants stand out. And as you say, it's all about the relationship. So immediately you have that level of trust and it's a foundation to build a relationship upon. Oh, I love that. I love that. And on that point, I think that we can all be guilty of just going with features and benefits all the time and forgetting the human element when we're talking about our services and products. So getting those stories out, however you do that, whether it's talking, content that you produce, video, whatever it may be, but telling those stories, the success stories, and even some of the trials and tribulations that you've gone through and coming out the other side, people love that. And that's far more convincing, I think, from a, even just from a marketing perspective, let alone the being authentic, as you say. And also going back to your, your first excellent point there, about the, I don't know, nailing your positioning and getting that very clear. Majority of consultants that I speak to, the referrals and their network is the, the number one source of getting new business. So why not make it easier for other people to refer you by being really clear on what you do and don't do so that people know exactly what you do and what, who you are and how they can refer business to you. But if I can see sometimes businesses that are very generic, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, I can refer you because I'm not quite sure what you do. So, mm, Yeah, totally. And it's, I think it's something that we're always trying to, well, I'm always trying to get better at it. 
you know, I'm always, I think you learn from every client that you work with. And I think, you know, you're, I am constantly learning where I provide the utmost value and how I can double down on that and where, you know, maybe also where I like to work, you know, what space I like to work and, you know, what's gone really well and what's the most common things that are coming up. Yeah. So I'm always trying to further niche myself down and make that as clear as possible and have that reflected, as you say, in your messaging and make it really easy for people to refer business. But look, it's all a learning curve. And I think that's kind of one of the ways that you have to take it and leverage like a growth mindset yeah. um, is that, that as consultants and coaches, you know, we're always adapting, we're always evolving, we're always getting better. And that's part of it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when when I'm, I do this podcast and I'm talking to people through my blog and so on, I'm, I'm often trying to find out what are the changes and challenges that are now and coming in the future for the HR industry, the broad HR industry. What do you think is coming down the line and what's your advice to HR professionals and employers on how to deal with these challenges? Yeah, I think from, from my perspective around remote work, I think one of the main challenges is around remote isolation. So the well-being of remote teams. So, you know, as we've said, remote working is on the rise everywhere. More and more people want to do it. More and more companies are embracing it. I think one of the challenges for companies and especially for the HR department is around looking how they, how they look after their employees. So you have all of these people working from home all of the time. They're connected so deeply through technology, but they're not connected interpersonally to maybe their colleagues or their company. And what that is, remote isolation. So they start feeling lonely. Maybe you know they're not as self-aware as they should be. Maybe they're not leaving the house. They don't have a good routine. You know, they're maybe working across multiple time zones. So you know they're taking calls 12 hours a day and they're not getting that switch off time. They're constantly on Slack, on email. So these are, I think that will be a bigger challenge for companies that they need to look at for the future. It's something that I bring into the work that I do right now is to say this is an epidemic that is coming up and it is something that you guys need to be aware of and put processes and the structures in place to be able to prevent that from happening. And I've, you know, I've been there myself before working remotely for the last six and a half years. I've had that isolation at some times. Now I'm lucky that I am quite self-aware and that I structure routines that you know I don't uh, I can prevent that. But I've also experienced other employees that have had that as well. So that's just something that I like to bring to the table to say, look, this is something that is going to be more common in the future. How is your company going to prevent that in order to retain and have happy, well employees? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, towards wrapping up. I'm always on the lookout for good ideas and sites and books or whatever to help businesses grow faster or further. Do you have any tips or uh, things you, you might share that could help another HR-related business grow? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I'm always reading, I'm always listening to podcasts. You know, one of my favorite podcasts is Masters of Scale. I don't know if you've heard oh, that one. I think I know that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorites. And it's um, the founder of LinkedIn who interviews um, yes. these amazing companies uh, every week. Um, Reed Hoffman, about, yeah, Reed Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. And it's different things, you know, from company culture to, you know, starting a, a business. And that is great for different insights and different learnings. I think, it's, you know, there's always new podcasts, new tools, new websites, new content to be reading. And I think 
one of the biggest things that I have learned, which might actually help somebody else recently, is that, you know, it's important to listen to that, but it's also important to not get overwhelmed by that. I think a lot of the time, you know, we as consultants and business owners, deep down, we know the answers ourselves, right? And, you know, no, although it's great to be, you know, on top of trends and what's happening and get ideas, Mm -hmm. it's also important to spend that time reflecting and strategizing on your own ideas and to not always be taking in information, but to actually give yourself a chance to digest that and come up with something that's authentic to you and your business. And that's something that I've been doing recently and I found it really, really incredible. So to not be wasting, you know, to not feel that I have to be productive all of the time and listening to something or reading something or, Mm. you know, but to also give myself that time as well. That's true. And actually from the remote perspective, people working remotely can feel obliged to be working more just to demonstrate that they're... uh, always productive or whatever. So it is useful to switch off and recharge the brain a little. Absolutely. You know, that's the big thing, especially in hybrid environments where you have a remote and office team, you know, they do feel the need to have a tendency to prove themselves, you know, because, you know, you are much more productive when you're at home. Most people are. The majority of people, there's loads of studies, loads of research done on that. And yes, some of that is because, you know, you don't have the distractions, you don't have the noise. But when you work from home in your own environment, you do ask yourself, have I done enough? Am I really working? You know, and do I need to do more? So that is something that overwork is important to monitor in, yep. in remote spaces. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Sean, um, you've covered so much ground there. Give us some great insights and advice. So thank you very much for that. If people want to learn more about what you do or refer business to you or work with you, what should they do next? Yeah. uh, If anyone wants to, even if they have any questions around remote working, I'm always happy to chat. My email is info at operateremote.com. You can add me on LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn lover. So it's just Shauna Morn. And uh, my Twitter is at Operate Remote. All right. I will add all of that to the show notes. If you're listening, just you can check out the show notes and I'll put all the links there as well. But uh, Shauna, that's been great. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.